Day. My name's Kelly, I'm the pastor of this church, privileged position. Um, over the last couple of weeks, the Lord's been talking to me about releasing blessing on you, you guys, and those that have been here, blessing has been released, is that right? And um, so I've done um, a little prayer um, for you to take away today, a little laminate, so that you can put in your car, in your bags, um, and it's about blessing. But it reads um, somewhat different a little bit different in number six it talks about you know the lord blessing us making his face shine upon us and it's the priest proclaiming the blessing this one says it's about you praying it to god so you're crying out to god so this is from you to god and it says lord bless me and keep me lord make your face shine upon me and give me peace lord be gracious to me look upon me and give me peace and then it says lord bless me dot 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 so you fill in What's missing? So this is a prayer for you to be praying to God. We need to be blessed, don't we? Um, and I don't know, there's a religious spirit sometimes upon people to think that we shouldn't be asking God to bless us. Well, we need to be a blessed people. We need the blessing of God. Um, I, I found that last song we sung really interested that, tr- interesting that we're singing, you know, my life is not my own. And I kind of chuckled because I looked around and... The thought came to my mind, and I know it's from the Lord, that some of us think we're our, we think we're our own. Yes. You think you belong to yourself. You think you can do what you want with your life. And I kind of just chuckled. And the Lord is letting you know today, if you didn't know before, you're not your own. God can take your breath any second, any moment. Yeah? You've got to realize that. Your life is not your own. God has given you what he's given you to make good use of it. He's given you life. A lot of people haven't made it into today. Even, even as we've been sitting here today, people have gone into eternity. But God has chosen that you get to live in his world today. We've got to take this thing seriously because sometimes it's like some people think God's joking about or that he's a Mickey Mouse God. He's not. He's a real God. And he's the one that's given you life. And that your life is not your own. And God has given you chance after chance after chance to get things right and to give him a chance. So I had to say that because that's in me. Your life is not your own. Give your whole heart and whole life to God and he will make something beautiful of it. It doesn't matter how much mess you've made. It doesn't matter what you've done. God can take the the debris of your life, the ashes of your life and take them and make it into something beautiful. So I had to say that. So I'm going to um, welcome up Verena. Give her a hand clap. Verena's going to bring the word of God to us today. If you want one of these cards, bless me cards, then you just come and see me afterwards and I'll give one to you. Sorry. And they're for you to, as I said, pray over yourself. So we're going to stand in faith. You can get yourself ready as I pray over you. Can we just put our hands towards Verena and stand in faith that we are going to hear from God, that you are going to hear from God for yourself? You might think that you came here today, someone invited you and, oh, they, or they dragged you along or whatever. You came here today because God wants you to hear what you're about to hear. It's no coincidence. You are here because of the Lord. So we want to release the blessing on Verena, but the blessing on you as well, that you're going to hear what God wants you to hear. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We thank you for Verena. We thank you for her life. We thank you for the gift that's in her. We thank you for what she's got to say. On your behalf to us, I pray over your people. Bless them, every single person here, that they will hear what you've got to say to them because you have made this an appointed time for them. Let them not take themselves, others for granted, and especially you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We want to release the children. In Jesus' name, be released. 
and the ministers that are going to minister to them, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the children, do you want to go? Tanya, are you taking the children? Oh, oh no. Okay. I'm sorry, but this was supposed to be said before Kelly spoke, so I'll just say it now. Um, the children today, we're actually um, talking about Pentecost, and we're going to talk about what happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. So, later on, they're going to be making cakes with fire on them, and they're going to be served to you during the coffee break. So, um, uh, I just wanted to tell you that because I want you to receive the blessing of those cakes and what it means that the Holy Spirit is there for you. Amen. Wow, that's amazing Amen. because I'm going to be talking about fire as well today. So, <laughs> didn't know that. Well, it all fits together. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you will give me the words uh, to to bring what is on my heart, Lord, and uh, that I can express it in a way that your people can receive it, that they can understand it, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, I ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, so my title for today is Hanging Out with the Lord. Now, uh, hanging out is something, as an expression I've learned from my children. They are 25, 23, and 21, and they constantly talk about hanging out with each other. So um, I didn't really know that before. I hadn't really. Apparently, it's been around for a long time, the expression my husband tells me, but I didn't know about it. Now, I just wanted to make sure I understood exactly what it meant. And it's a bit small, huh? You can't really read it. But what it says underneath, it's from the Urban Dictionary. I didn't even know that existed. It says, when people chill and do things together, Anything from eating and sleeping to riding bikes and playing football, let's hang out. To walk around chilling on the streets, maybe eating out while walking. Is that about right? Yeah. I mean, it does say a few other things as well. Some of them not very nice, but I think generally it's, it's a nice thing to do, is it? To hang out with each yes. other? Yes. Yeah? Well, you need to understand that hanging out, chilling is actually a really hard work for me because uh, most of you know that I'm Swiss and we Swiss people don't chill easily. (laughs) It is quite difficult for us because we like life to be really serious and very straight and on time and uh, it has to be really deep, you know. We don't don't go for superficial things. We, We like to go really deep and serious, you know, so chilling is actually not, doesn't come easy to us, so, but um, the Lord in his graciousness has blessed me with a husband from Jamaica. (laughs) Over there. And I don't want to generalize, but I think... Jamaicans are generally quite good at chilling when it comes to chilling. So and we've been married now for how long is it now? Twenty-seven years. It'll be twenty-seven years in November. And I have been trying to learn, you know, how to chill because sometimes it gets. It's a. I mean, you probably couldn't get more opposite than Swiss and Jamaican. Yeah. You know, I think they're 
on each extreme of the scale. <laughs> so I think the Lord has a sense of humor, really. And people who have known me for a long time, I hope you've seen a bit more chilling in me <laughs> over the years. Because I used to be really serious. People used to be scared of me. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm going to talk about. So it's been a long journey for me, and uh, it's a journey I've been on for a long time, but especially recently to learn to hang out with the Lord. Amen. So and I'm just going to invite you to join me on this journey. And I don't know whether anybody here finds chilling difficult, or whether you all find it easy. Anybody finds it difficult? Yeah, yeah, okay, good, good. There's a few of you. I know most of you think, what is she talking about, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I hope you will learn something anyway. So uh, I'm going to look first at a little story of Martha and Mary. Those of you who have been Christians for a while, they, we would have heard this story. And it says in Luke, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, I really am more on the Martha side. I always thought this was really unfair of the Lord, you know. I often disagree with the Lord, you know. I think, I think sometimes, I think he's got it wrong, but then he does usually convince me otherwise after a while. But I always thought, well, somebody has to do the work, you know. Somebody has to cook the food. Somebody has to make sure... People can sit down and eat, you know, so I, d I don't really get this, you know. So does, does the Lord say that it's okay to be lazy, you know, just do nothing and just let them all do it themselves? But as I know, the Lord usually is right, so um, I was trying to discover what he actually meant there. I don't think he, he was saying you should be lazy and not help your sister, because it was actually Martha who invited him into the home. But I think it's a, it's a hard attitude, isn't it? Because whether you work, whether you do what Martha did, because somebody needs to cook the dinner, or whether you sit there like Mary, I think it depends what's in your heart, isn't it? Because uh, Martha could have served him with a great joy, you know, and, and not be bothered by Mary sitting there. Yeah. So, but she was obviously, she wasn't happy she was a bit bitter, I think, you know, and she thought it was very unfair of him to just... And then he even says that she's got the better thing, she's done the better thing. I mean, you know, hang on a minute here. So what is this thing that the Lord's talking about, you know? What is this one thing that Mary discovered that's the better thing? Is it just sitting there doing nothing? Is that what it is? I don't think so. I think there's more to it than that. And that's what I want to look at today, uh, what is this one thing that the Lord is talking about, you know? What is it that Mary discovered? And I've been on a long journey, and I'm still on it, to discover what that is, the best thing 
that the Lord is talking about here. And, I mean, it's chilling with him, I, I think. That's what it's all about. But what does that actually mean, you know? I don't think it means being lazy. I don't think it means not helping other people, you know, and just let them get on with it. I don't think that's what it's all about. But how can we hang out with the Lord in a way that makes it the best thing that we can ever do? So I want to invite you on this journey. And to do that, I'm going to look at a couple of verses in Romans. Romans 12. I don't know whether that's big enough for you to read, but I shall read it, particularly for those who will be listening to this later on, uh, on the internet. So it's Romans 12, 1 to 2 from the NIV, from the New International Version a living sacrifice, and it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will so Mary obviously was able to find out what God's will was because he told her so he was pleased with her sitting there so so I'm going to look at the rest of the verse particularly it says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice now this is called an oxymoron I like that word, oxymoron. What it means is it's a contradiction in terms. Because, you know, when they used to do sacrifices, they killed the animals first, and then they put it on the altar, didn't they? Would have been really cruel if they put the animals on alive. So that wouldn't have been right, would it? So what is that, a living sacrifice? So that's a contradiction in terms because the sacrifice is always dead, as far as I know, yeah? yeah. I mean, especially if it was a living thing. I mean, I suppose you could sacrifice other things, like they used to have grain and oil and all sorts of other things, but the, the real sacrifices were animals. And, of course, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, but, again, he died. So, I mean, it was a hard dying he had to do. With the animals, it was a bit more... Apparently, they, the way they kill them means that they have very little pain. They just die very easily. So it's a humane sacrifice for the, for the animal people here. So anyway, so a living sacrifice is, is something is weird. That doesn't really make sense, does it? So we're going to look at that. And then the transformation of the renewing of our mind. I think we all sort of have an idea of what that means because uh, a lot of our battles go on in our heads and we need to have a new program in our head, isn't it? So what I did is, quite often when I read the scriptures, I read the same thing in different versions because, you know, there's lots and lots of different versions of Bibles where people express it a bit differently and it may be more understandable. So the next one we're going to look at is the Amplified Version which gives much more detail, and therefore it's much longer. So it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, 
dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, your logical and intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. That's an interesting one. So that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. You can see this is quite a mouthful, eh? So you have to go home and read through it a few times to sort of understand what is being said. But to, uh, to finish off with, I'm going to look at the message. Now, the message is a Bible written in sort of today language, a bit of street language. And I really like reading the message. So here it is. Okay. So it's here. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, because that's what we want, isn't it? We want to hear what he says to us so that we can then act on it. Unlike the, cult the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Know anything about that? Yeah? Has that ever happened to you? Uh, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. Sometimes with a bit of pain, unfortunately, but that seems the way it goes. So these are three different versions of the same uh, ver two verses. So I'm going to look at the first bit now, where it says the living sacrifice bit. And you remember when Moses saw the burning bush, you, most of you will remember that story back when he ran away from Egypt and he was a shepherd and then God appeared to him in a burning bush. But the odd thing was there was a massive fire but the bush, bush didn't burn up. So there was something strange going on. And to me, when it says be like a living sacrifice, the way I imagine it is that we almost put ourselves onto the altar when we are alive, yeah? And that the fire of God comes and burns. It doesn't burn us up, but it burns up all the stuff that is not good in us. You know, it also says in scripture that the uh, fire is purifying, you know, and we should be purified like gold and everything else, the dross, should be uh, burned up. And it's something... Because a lot of things in our lives, you know, you can try this, you can try that, you can try the other. But it's very difficult with some issues in our lives to change them. Earlier on, uh, Patrick was talking about change, weren't you? Yes. And uh, 
the Lord has to do it, basically. Yes. We, we just can't. You know, there's a lot of stuff we just can't. It's just too complicated, you know. We may sort of know what we should be, but we just can't do it. And a lot of us, you know, have to go through a lot of suffering and pain sometimes to, uh, to get rid of things in our lives. But I just feel it's like just by us putting ourselves before the Lord, as it were, on the altar. Of course, it's not a literal altar. It's all picture language. But that we put ourselves there and say, Lord, you do what you need to do. Just with your fire, just burn it all up. And it's a continuous thing, you know. It's all our lives, all the time, literally. So, I mean, it's, it seems a bit weird thinking that we are always on the altar, not doing anything else. But it's like our whole life, you know, uh, morning till night. But sometimes you have to be more conscious about it and, yeah, intentional. That, that's the word. And that's, that's what I've been doing more, trying to just... It's a new way of praying I have learned just recently where you just put yourself before the Lord. You don't think anything. You don't ask anything. You don't even necessarily want the Lord to talk to you. You just want him to do what he needs to do and you just leave yourself in that position. And it's almost like uh, if, if you were a book, open up the book and say, Lord, you know, do what you need to do. Or if you were a house, you know, come into each room. Amen. So that's how I imagine it, this living sacrifice thing. So this is the first bit of the, of the verse. And then the second bit, when it says... Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, you may not have expected that picture, but it's all about feasting and eating. Now, what I mean with that is that the Lord asks us to feast on his word, to eat his word, to chew his word. And earlier on, when I was reading 12, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, in all those different versions... I just sort of chew it over and over, reading it in a different version, think about it, go back to it. That's like chewing it over. And that's, that is really helpful, you know, if you go through scripture, if you read the Bible, and sometimes something sort of jumps out at you, and you think, oh, that, that sounds interesting. Just stick with it, you know. Just read it again and again. Read it in a different version. Maybe listen to it. And slowly, slowly, the goodness of it will come out of it. It's like chewing the word of God. In, and you know, the word himself, the living word, uh, Jesus said in John 6, that unless you eat my flesh and you drink my blood. Now, we are not cannibals, because <laughs> that's what they used to accuse the Christian of, that they are cannibals. But of course, again, it's not literal, but uh, he says, unless you actually eat my word, who I am, the word, and unless you drink my blood, which when we do communion, we do the wine and the bread. So it's all about getting him inside us. That's what Kelly was talking about last week. And chewing the word of God is a very, is a good discipline. Yes. So it's the word, but um, if you just put up the next... There's a verse in Philippians when it says, uh, 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it's about filling our minds with good things. And I think part of it is the word itself. itself. Obviously looking at, at the Lord in scripture, reading scripture. But the other one is to look at creation. Because in Romans 1 it also said that creation has manifested what God is like. If you look, don't look at the creation that's all destroyed and horrible. But there's still a lot of creation out there that is beautiful. Yes. And you know I love gardens, I love flowers. I, I, I could, couldn't live without my garden, I think. <laughs> so I look at, at the beauty of that all the time. And that ministers to us as well. So it's, it's partly looking at God's creation and looking at each other because we are all created in the image of God. Actually, I just remember now uh, I was later going to this, I had a really rough time and I, I couldn't think about God or even talk to him or anything. And Kelly said, just look at me. Wow. Look at each other because we are all a reflection yes. of God. So look at each other. You may not be perfect, but you are in the image of God. Yeah, There is God inside you, whether you know it or not. So, so just to... Uh, as a summary of those two verses. So, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So this is like offering ourselves to the Lord, like if you sort of imagine as laying yourself on the altar and letting the fire do its work, yeah? So that is like a living sacrifice, and in, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That's when we do the word of God, when we look at creation, when we fill our minds with good things. Because for a lot of us, particularly for me, every, uh, this is my biggest battleground up here. So uh, I think for most of us that's probably true, isn't it? That's where the biggest battles happen, up here. And if the more we fill it with good things, the better it gets. And then you will be able to test and approve that what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this is, hopefully then we will become like Mary. We will know what the good thing is, you know, that the Lord has for us. Um, I just want to share a little bit about, a lot of you know that I've just had a really difficult year. I've been, almost for a year, I've been suffering from a, a clinical depression and anxiety and uh, it's actually a miracle I'm standing up here now because uh, for a lot of a lot of you here have seen me I could hardly talk you know I used to just sit there stare into space and uh, this verse I, I couldn't talk to God or anything but I was still trying to to read scripture and just, uh, and this is one of the verses that helped me a lot. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Amen. And I, could re I really was experiencing my mortal body because I felt like I was just a shell. There was no life inside, you know. 
And, uh, and this was really encouraging me, even though at that stage, I really didn't believe that I would ever come out of it because when you're in that position, that's what happens. You don't believe you will ever get well again. And it was only with a lot of help of my <laughs> friends and, uh, uh, and prayer and medication and counseling, lots of things that finally I uh, found the way out and I saw the light again. And uh, I really have to give glory to God. And so, uh, so this is a picture of how I hang out with the Lord in my mind. It's always in a garden. Well, usually, sometimes not, but and there's loads of flowers, and uh, we just spend time together. And like I said, I've, I've learned to pray in a different way, which I've never heard before. It's called centering prayer. And what you try and do is literally you put yourself in the presence of the Lord and you try not to think of anything, <laughs> which is really hard. Because as soon as you start praying, 100 million things come in your head. You know, oh, I need to go and do this and I've forgotten to tell this to someone and I need to go and shop this and that and the other. And it's a discipline that I've been learning just to present myself to the Lord uh, for sort of, I, I try and do it 20 minutes every morning and sometimes in the evening. And it's actually quite hard to do that, but it's really been helping me because, so it's literally like putting myself before the Lord and just let him do what he needs to do. And later on, I will ask him, you know, what he has to say and what I should do and all the rest of it. So if any of you would like to try that sort of prayer, come and talk to me and I'll explain a bit more because it's been a real blessing to me. So that's what I do. I just sit in my garden in my mind and uh, just offer myself to the Lord. And it's been, it's been really helpful to me. And so this journey of learning to hang out with the Lord has been a blessing to me and I hope it, I've encouraged you to... To journey on the same uh, way and, and, and uh, hang out with the Lord, chill with the Lord. Some of you may find that easier than others, but I think for most of us it's not that easy. So um, I'm just going to pray now and then uh, finish here. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit you will reveal your goodness and grace to each and every one here, Lord, and that all you want, like you said to Mary, you have chosen the best thing. And I do believe that's because Mary just completely abandoned herself. She, she just forgot about everything else. All she wanted was to sit at the feet of Jesus. And she, she had no agenda, I'm sure. She was just sitting there and gazing at him and drinking in what he said and I know we can't always do that. We still have to cook dinner and clean and uh, all that sort of stuff. But Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us, there will be moments <coughs> when we can just uh, give ourselves completely to you and let you do what you need to do in our lives to bring peace and rest into our lives, Lord. And that's, that's where the strength comes from, Lord. It's from the heart. 
That's the wellspring of life, Lord. So I pray for each and every one here, Lord, that you will help them on this journey as you've helped me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.